girls i hope everyone is well and happy and safe and not hanging out with more than six people away um this week on hot girls we're going to take a look at one of the most powerful voices in our generation a true soul singer and an artist whose real power comes from the emotion that you hear coming out through the songs that they sing uh it's something that led her to create 10 albums and win five grammys this week <laughs> I'm talking about Mary J. Blige. And I decided to uh, cover Mary after seeing her crop up in the videos of Lil' Kim and Missy a lot. And I thought I'd be writing about how the influence of those relationships had shaped her and the importance of sisterhood, um, which is something she is a real advocate for. However, while that definitely is a part of her story and a character, when I dug into her journey, there was a different narrative which came through more poignantly. So... This is a lesson in ambition, as taught by Mary J. Blige. Ladies, gentlemen, listen up. You're listening to Hot Girls with Lex of the Dead. We in the mix. It's fire. Keep it going. We on fire. From London for the world. Let's go in. On January the 11th, 1971, baby Mary was born in the Bronx to Cora, who was a nurse, and Thomas Blige, a jazz musician. She was the middle child, same Mary, I know your struggles. The first few years of her life were fairly troubled as her father was an ex-Vietnam vet and he suffered from PTSD, which caused a lot of tension in their house. Her parents eventually split up and Mary's mother became the sole provider for her and her siblings and she was forced to move to the housing projects in New York. So the projects, in my projects, if you're a Brit and you don't know the term, like I actually didn't, uh, I'd heard it, but I didn't know what it meant. It means subsidised housing project. So not dissimilar from council houses or council estates, but being America, they tend to be on a much larger scale. Mary hated living there. She hated the fact that she could hear abuse and aggression through the walls in her room. And she felt a sense of abandonment from her father, which had led them to have to live there in the first place. That sense of abandonment was also amplified by an experience she'd had at five years old. Before her father had left the family... And it's weird speaking about it now, the idea that one parent would would leave. <laughs> of course it happens, but it's a very cowardly thing to do. Anyway, while her parents were together, they had some friends over one evening. And while everyone was enjoying themselves elsewhere, one of their friends disappeared off to find Mary. So Mary was five uh, and she was molested in her own house with her parents just a few rooms away, completely unaware. This was an incident that happened to a child that shaped her perception of self-worth from that day. It isn't something she told anyone about until much later on in her adult life when she'd eventually healed from it um, and she felt comfortable speaking out. She had two escapism tactics as she grew older and we'll explore them a bit more, but one was partying and the other was music. While her dad had been a jazz musician, her mother loved great soul singers and fused them throughout the house. Growing up, my mom was a soul queen. It was all about Aretha Franklin to Gladys Knight to you name it. My mom was listening to that person. She was our superstar. Mary J. Blige wasn't a teenager that would have struck you as having tons of ambition necessarily, but she did have one clear ambition and that was to get her family out of the projects. An ambition lesson number one, any ambition is a good enough ambition. You might be more ambitious than you know. 
One day, Mary Blight was in a shopping mall with some friends when they found a karaoke machine. And they were like, Mary, you've got a voice. And she at the time was obsessed with the song Caught Up in the Rapture. Caught Up in the Rapture. That song. Um, sounds much better when she sings it. So they recorded that song in the booth and took her tape home. And the tape was really good. So they decided to send it out to a few people. And it found its way via a few exchanges and a little hustling into the hands of the CEO of Uptown Records. He went to find her and went to see her sing at her apartment. He was struck by her raw talent and he signed her to the label. When she first started though at Uptown, she was really rough and street and no one knew how to work with her. She sang very soulfully, but she acted like a real troublemaker. And a lot of people wanted her voice to be attached to a Mariah Carey type figure, someone more angelic. There was an intern who was working at Uptown Records at that time who saw things a bit differently to the old hats at the label. And he felt like her street attitude and authenticity was a strength and they could market her in that way, contrasting to the opulence and glamour and sweetness of a Mariah or a Whitney, if you think of how she was presented at that time. So they came up with a tag for her, which was the queen of hip-hop soul, and Mary J. Blige was born. The intern who had landed that and worked with her on her first album under the label was Sean Coombs, a.k.a. P. Diddy. The album was called What's the 411? And it went to number six on the Billboard chart, topped the R&B and hip-hop chart, and was certified platinum. But the greatest achievement for Mary was that the success of her album allowed her to achieve the ultimate goal, get her family out of the projects, and they moved to a house in Jersey. So ambition lesson number two from Mary. Whatever your work in life, the things that ultimately really matter tend to be consistent. Your home and your family. That first album was released in 1992, a remix album was released in 93, and then she started working on her second album also in 93. So it was a fairly quick, um, but not insane, but fairly fast, create, promote, create cycle of about a two-year period. Her second album, My Life, which she wrote or co-wrote most of after some encouragement from Diddy, did even better than the first when it was released in 94. It topped the R&B hip-hop albums chart and stayed there for eight weeks It ultimately spent 46 weeks on the Billboard 200. However, despite this chart success, Mary was having a bit of a miserable time personally. She was in a relationship with Jodeci singer KC and they were very much in love, but it was in that incredibly toxic, juvenile way where there was an obsession and infatuation, but not a trust or a sense of calm. They would perform together on stage and then have violent fights afterwards, both pouring their individual pain onto each other. The relationship ultimately ended after the couple got engaged and then Casey denied the engagement and Mary was confronted with his denial on TV. Because I've heard that you're going to marry Mary J. Blige, aren't you? That's a rumour for the states too, you know. Casey is not getting married for the... Are you getting married? No, we're not getting married. I was just going to say, I'm very glad to hear that. No, we're not getting married. We're not getting married now. So there's no huge engagement. Ouch. At the same time as dealing with that, Diddy was fired from Uptown Records, so her main collaborator had gone. He'd left and set up Bad Boy Records, his own label, and was starting to throw himself behind the career of Faith Evans, which Mary felt like was a betrayal. Not because she had issues with Faith, but because they were both in quite a similar creative lane, And he was working with Faith and not Mary. Ambition lesson number three. 
You can't expect any one person to always align to your ambitions, even if they want the best for you. How did you and him come back like, and, and to work together and um, create something so great? Well, I saw Puff somewhere. I don't know where I saw him. And he was like, I'm so proud of you. I haven't spoken to him in a while. He was like, I'm so proud of you. I love you, sis. You know, we got to get in and do something. I was like, yes, we got to do something, right? And one day it just happened where we had a converse- conversation and he was like, yo, let's do it. You know, Puff, you know, he gets... You, and then his excitement and energy is amazing. Yeah, it's so inspirational. I was like, yeah, let's go, let's do it. And you know, I always wanted to do not what we did before, but just feel what it felt like when we were doing it before. Like when he when he brought the reminisce when he brought reminisce to me after I recorded it, and they mixed it and all, and they, he brought it to, to my house and we played it and we was wilding, cranking, yeah, it was cranking. <laughs> that feeling of making a real love video and just he just was an inspiration and he still is. You know, he like a real um, like a real team player when it comes to seeing his artists win. You know, mm. and he just he just always wanted me to win and I just missed that feeling. I never ha- I haven't had I have not had that again in an A and R or. Mary J. Blige was, on the surface, living the dream for an artist. She had two platinum albums, a record deal, talk shows, Grammys. In her personal life, she was in crippling pain. The abuse she'd suffered as a child never left her, and it hung over her and became a strange symbol of her lack of value. She got very addicted to cocaine as a way of dealing with her pain, and says at that time she was borderline suicidal, using the drugs to try to feel something. Things got so bad that one night she crashed her car after driving the wrong way down a main road. She gave up cocaine cold turkey after having a bad hallucination. And that was a step forward for her, but unfortunately her addiction then shifted directly onto alcohol. And she began drinking every day. And that took her into a deep pit of depression and illness. During these few years, which are the dark years really for Mary, she released two more albums, Share My World and Mary. These albums included collaborations with Nas, DMX, and Lil' Kim. Mary appears alongside Lil' Kim in many of her videos, including the one for Light Is Up, so they were really pretty pally at this point. Share My World was upbeat, and it was the high against the lows. As in, it was a that album was her trying to move beyond the pain that she was feeling and try and kind of contra- like counteract how, how down she was with upbeat songs. So what next? Where could she go from here? Well, a record producer entered Mary's life and brought her something much more powerful than a hit song. He brought her healing. Through his patience and love, and they did fall in love, Mary slowly got clean and sober. And as she did, her sense of purpose and joy came rushing in at a level that she'd never experienced before. What followed that period of time was the album No More Drama, which is one of the two really iconic Mary J. Blige albums, I would say. Probably the most iconic. The album featured the songs No More Drama, which was a direct reference to the healing that was going on in her life, and the Dr. Dre produced song Family Affair, which was her first and only single to go to number one on the Billboard charts. It's interesting with Mary that her albums actually tended to pack more heat than her singles. Uh, She rocks some phenomenal hair in the Family Affair video. It's, It's like a perfect example of videos in the 90s, a completely infectious song, and I think a song that symbolises that period of time for so many people. Anyway, lesson number four on ambition for Mary J. Blige is that if you're ambitious in your life, if you want to achieve a lot, 
make sure that you're also ambitious in your sense of self-worth because without that, you don't get the happiness. And the other thing I think that is demonstrated really well by the fact that this album came when it did is that there's often this perception with artists or creative people that you need to be damaged or you need to be going through some kind of trauma to be able to create good stuff. You know, if we look at the way that Kanye is often understood, it's like that sort of troubled but talented um, artist. And I think Mary proved that she was able to create her strongest work actually when she was in a good place emotionally. And when she was stable. After that, Mary reconciled with Diddy, who then produced her next album, Love and Life, which also went platinum, of course. <laughs> Interestingly, that album again did really well, but the individual singles on it didn't really perform. So a few other things for Mary's hit list to rap with. Since that Love and Life album in 2003, she's released seven more albums showing her consistency, as well as featuring on massive songs like Buster Rhymes' Touch It. In 2005, she released the beautiful song Be Without You, which went to number three. It's just a very special romantic song. The year after, she released one of my favourite singles as a collaboration with U2, which also was on the same album um, as Be Without You, and that was the song One. For me, I think this album is the pinnacle expression of an artist's ability to communicate emotion and feeling. There are just certain songs, certain sounds in it that are just so beautiful. She also collaborated with Nas on a single release in 2019 and Diddy was by her side when she got her Hollywood, uh, her star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. So another thing I think it's quite special to see when you look at Mary's life and journey is how she's cherished and maintained those early creative partnerships. Mary J. Blige was also chosen to perform at the inauguration of Barack Obama. People who had been really close to her said that seeing her perform for a black president was the ultimate symbol of hope. She really had gone a long way from the projects to the White House. And most importantly, she'd found her value along that journey. The final Mary lesson on ambition I want to include is the ambition to pay it forward. Since she recovered from the emotional trauma of her abuse and her addictions, she has actively supported numerous different philanthropic causes and set up the Foundation for the Advancement of Women Now. Her last album was called The Strength of a Woman a strength that she has come to know and love and celebrate. Mary, thank you for all you have achieved through music and for blessing us with your raw human experience through your songs. Long may you sing. And thanks for listening, everyone. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay creative, and I'll see you next week. Bye. What up, Lex? <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep our eyes on the prize if there's no surprise.